But that same night, the word of the Lord came to David. Go tell my servant David. Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving around in the tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel? Whom I commanded to shepherd my people of Israel, saying, Why have you not built my house to see Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from pasture, from among the sheep, sheep, to be a prince over my people of Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies before you. I will make for you a great name, or the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint you a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may live in their own place, and be served no more. And the evil doers shall afflict them no more, as formerly. From the time that I have made judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make your house. And when your days are fulfilled and your ancestors, and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise you up from your offspring after you. Who shall come forth among your body? And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build my house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. The word of God, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. Yesterday, four representatives from Washington Park United Methodist Church um, went to help with the Habitat for Humanity build. Yay! Nancy's here. She was out there with me and a couple of others. So we got some pictures. All right. So up on the top, that's Tim Glinney. And he is showing our son Jacob um, how to measure and cut some foam. And then I had to include this picture to the right because Tim installed his very first window all by himself. Very good, very good. And then to the left, there's Nancy carrying an armful of lumber because she's a strong chick. And then I'm cutting some foam on the right. And then we've got a, some group shots. Nancy was the only one that remembered to wear our Wash Park UMC shirt. <laughs> so we're all highlighting her shirt, Wash Park at Work, and pointing to love, justice, mission, hope our core values here at Wash Park. Habitat's vision is a world where everyone has a decent place to live. This manifests itself um, in the process of becoming a homeowner with Habitat, among a couple of other requirements like being able to build sweat equity through your volunteer hours at Habitat and being able to pay an affordable 30-year loan, you also have to show that you have a need for housing. So maybe you don't have a home or maybe you live in unsafe 
conditions or in an unsafe environment. And we have had teams from Wash Park helping to build homes for years and years and years. In fact, Carol Nelson is here. She's kind of the head of our Habitat mission. We work together with the Loaves and Fishes Coalition. Carol, do you know how many years we've been raising money and helping build Habitat homes? Since 2006. Since 2006. That is 15 years this year. Woo! I didn't even think about that. So if you want to help with build this season, um, contact the church office. We'll get you in touch with Carol, and we can find a volunteer opportunity for you. So for those of you who have built, um, help volunteer building a Habitat home, you may have found something out quickly like I find out every time I go and help with a Habitat build. You realize that when you go to help, you don't build a home. You help with a very particular piece of building a home. And so yesterday for uh, me and Tim and Jacob, our little job was to cut foam insulation to fit in around the windows. That is a very specific little set of skills. Um, Nancy was with the like the harder laborers and they were, I don't know, doing all sorts of trimming windows and siding and all sorts of stuff. Nancy to tell you later about what she was involved in. And you realize when you help volunteer with Habitat that when you leave at the end of the day, you've done a lot of work, but the house isn't finished. But we had participated, even when we left yesterday afternoon, we had participated in a very specific part, an important part of building the house. And that work will be continued next week by other volunteers. And it will take months and months to build the house. But we participated in a little part of it. In our scripture reading today, we hear a proclamation from God through the prophet Nathan that David will build God a house. For generations, the Israelites have been evolving from a nomadic tribe to a more agrarian society. They're kind of finding a place, settling in. And up until this point, God had, had been thought of to reside within the Ark of the Covenant. And that Ark moved around with the people as the people moved. But now that the people have found a more permanent home in and around Jerusalem, they demand God for a king. We've been hearing that over the last few weeks. They say to God, we want a king like other nations have a king. And so God first brought Saul, and then there was a you know, few bumpy things that happened with Saul. And then King David was anointed as king. And, and King David, he unified the northern and the southern tribes into a kingdom. And he takes the Ark of the Covenant and he places it in Jerusalem. And God says that David is going to build God a house there. God promises to David and to all the people that this is going to be a great accomplishment for the whole nation, for God to finally have a permanent dwelling place. The 
this is a huge shift in the theological understanding of the people. Now there is a holy place. Jerusalem, where David will attempt to build the temple in which God can live, it will be a, a physical and geographic center and anchor for the people. Not only will it be God's home, but it will be the spiritual home for every single person in Israel. This concept of having a spiritual home is very alive for me and for Reverend Jamie Lee, in that we are both itinerant clergy people in the United Methodist Church. That means that we go and serve wherever the bishop asks us to go and serve. And in our Mountain Sky Conference, that means it could be anywhere in Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Utah, or one church in Idaho. In addition to the church that I grew up in, in Ty, Texas, I have served four different Methodist churches. From First United Methodist Church in Loveland, where I was the children's director and a student pastor, to St. James United Methodist Church in Central City, to Grace UMC in Cheyenne, and now here at Wash Park UMC, where I've just finished six years of ministry. And I have loved each church. The buildings are mapped on my heart. I often dream of conglomerations of all of the churches, kind of merging them into a mega building that holds stories and memories around every corner and in each special room. Sometimes I dream of preaching in the sanctuary of the church where I grew up. Or sometimes I dream about um, walking down a hallway here and ending up in another church that I had served in the past. However, because I know as an itinerant pastor that I will never be able to stay in one place forever, although I do not plan on going anywhere anytime soon, I often think of people as building my spiritual home instead of bricks and mortar, even though I've loved each building, and it's hard not to love this great building. I think of the people as kind of building my spiritual home. From the church that raised me in Ty, Texas, I think of my grandparents, I think of Jeffy Lee Stegner, I think of James and Kalita Barley, all of these beloved saints who are no longer with us, but that laid a spiritual foundation for my life. From Loveland, I have friends who are in the room now. It's been 20 years since I served in Loveland. And yet these people, I, they will always be so special to me. And it almost seems like no time has passed <laughs> since the days that we shared daily church life together. And when I leave Wash Park, a long time from now, yes. <laughs> many of you will continue to be a home 
for me. When I served in Cheyenne, I found a kinship in those people who were serving at the Air Force Base. They had a, a very similar and even more intense, because often they were only in Cheyenne at Warren Air Force Base for a couple of years, they had a very similar connection to people and people becoming their home. Because they might only be there a couple of years, they made lifelong friendships quickly and fiercely. And for those that found a home at Grace United Methodist Church, there in Cheyenne where I served, even if it was for a short while, they loved the church deeply and the church loved them. And there was a lot of grief when they left. Now, about 10 years ago, we eventually, actually I had a, a secretary who was, her husband was in the military and she forced me to start videoing the service the services and posting them online I was like no way I don't want that but it was a way for those who moved away to still be able to connect with the church and they did and that was really cool and it gives me hope now that our now online church is a way that will continue to connect us and help us grow our congregation And I kept contact with several of those folks, folks that came into the church and then would move away, you know, appointed to different um, Air Force bases or whatever. I've seen my friend Denise several times, even though after she left Cheyenne, she eventually made her way to Delaware, and now she's a civilian. And every time my friend Caden is in town, he makes sure to call me so that we can have coffee or lunch. But the fact that I've been connected with some of those friends and as spiritual, you know, homes in people over the years doesn't mean that I was not surprised one evening last week when our doorbell rang. My family and I were in the, in the dining room playing some games and it was kind of late in the evening and we went out, Jimbo and I, Jimbo was like, Sandy, come here. Um, because there were two officers from um, Buckley Air Force Base standing at the door asking for me. I had no idea what was going on, and I immediately kind of freaked out. But they were there to inform me that I was listed as a next of kin for Master Sergeant Monica Gonzalez, and that she had been pronounced dead that morning at Moody Air Force Base in Georgia. It was such a shock to hear that the amazing woman that I knew as Moni in Cheyenne had died at such a young age and with such a prestigious and promising career and life ahead of her. And just as shocking to hear that I was listed as her next of kin. Now, Moni was one of the very first LGBTQIA persons to attend worship at Grace when I served there. Her presence helped others feel welcomed. 
And Grace became a home to several people who were explicitly unwelcome in other churches. When Moni was reassigned to San Antonio, I was in San Antonio. I visited her there. We had dinner on the river walk, and we talked for hours. And I, as a representative of Grace, I think, served as a spiritual home for Moni. And for that, I'm grateful. You know, um, Moni wasn't always accepted by her own family. And so I was the one to receive um, these letters in the mail, written by some of her superiors. And I'll just ask you to indulge me as there will be no services for Moni to just remember her with me for a moment. Um, This is Thomas P. Matichek Major who writes, Your friend excelled as a defender and as a military training instructor, and you should be very proud of her. I first met Monica at Lackland Air Force Base, where I was the instructor in the Security Forces Advanced Course, and she was a student. Monica realized that we were both moving to Georgia soon, and I would be her next commander. She impressed me by her confidence, enthusiasm, and desire to inspire airmen. Monica's service record is one filled with awards and unique achievements. She was often placed into jobs that were mentally and physically demanding. When she faced challenges, she would excel and then train others until they could perform to high standards. Monica was a true leader whose loss is keenly felt by all of us. And from another commander, Monica was one of our squadron's newest members, but she made a profound impact on us over the last month. When I reviewed her records, I could see a consistent pattern throughout her career where she excels in her job and then moves out to improve her team. Monica was certainly doing that here. As we reflected on her time with us, many defenders talked about the enthusiasm and excitement that Monica brought to the job. She was a consummate professional with unique ability to bring out the best in everyone around her. We were fortunate to have her in our ranks. As I reflect on the ability that, or maybe the gift of me being able to be a spiritual home for Monica, I think even more than that, Moni was one of the main reasons that my own spiritual home, spiritual center, spiritual anchor grew to welcome all people into the home of my heart. Because of Moni, I am eager to know and be enriched by people of all backgrounds, of all orientations, of all life experiences. And I know that I am better for knowing them. And I am better for knowing you. Together, we expand one another's lives and hearts.
And so this week, I encourage you to consider your part in building a spiritual home for others. It might begin in this place with people walking into this building or joining us online. But the real spiritual home that people find is in connection with you. What is your specific skill or gift that you bring for others? Because you do have one. It takes each and every one of us to build a place wide enough, expansive enough, and generous enough in which God can dwell. So let's get building. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.